Hallelujah. 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 Welcome to Destiny Generation. We are still focusing on destiny relationships. We are dealing with the relationships between the parents and their children. How the children are an inheritance. It is blessed to be able to have young people. It is blessed to be a parent and to be parents that God is calling for us to be in this time. Thank you for being there, watching us on Facebook Live and, and YouTube. Share, like, comment if there's something that really touched home for you. Let Pastor David know that you are watching and listening to us. We appreciate you being there. We know it's holiday time, so we're not going to be before you long. But we do have a word from the Lord on today. And we are continuing with that word of how to raise steps, how that each step of birth is critical to that generation and to that child that God has given you in the name of Jesus. And we thank him for that and for all that he's doing and him leading and guiding us and telling us what direction to take per our kids. Each child is an individual. And when you look in the word, even Jesus' parents had to treat him different than his other siblings based on the job that he was commissioned to do and he had to do. So you have to be sensitive to the direction when you're raising your young people and your children, what direction that they need to go in based on the ministry, the lifestyle, and the things that God has already predestined for them to live and to walk in. Amen? The goal of parenting is to raise up a wise offspring. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure in this life that our kids will use the wisdom of the word of God and the word of God will be their standard in all that they say and all that they do. Luke 2, 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Was that overnight? No. If Jesus increased, we have to increase also. So our young people should be going from one level to another level to another level until they get up to an adulthood. And as parents, we are there to watch and to, to make sure when they are in them teenage where we can still govern them. At this age, sometimes they make mistakes. But we still have to allow them to make mistakes while we can still hover and watch over them. So we can say, hey, you, you can't do that. That's not right. That's not the appropriate way to do things. I remember my mom, yep, growing up, she was right there in our teenage years. We did something that wasn't correct. She got us right back in check real quick. Because at the teenage years, they need that constant watching so that they can grow up in wisdom and in stature because that's the age that they're continuing to grow. Their body is doing changes that sometimes they don't realize what's going on. And they need our guidance and our counsel 
to be right there and help them. When we look in the scriptures, a lot of us had youthful folly. But that did not stop the plan that God had for us in the midst of all that we were doing. When you look at Job, Job 1 said, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. But when Job went through his situation, he was wondering, was his days in his youth coming back to him? Job 13, 26, for you write bitter things against me and make me inherit the inquiries of my youth. So he was wondering, was my deeds that I did in the youth coming back to me? Was this why I was suffering what I was suffering? But when you first read it, he said, blameless and upright. So that let me know Job wasn't always blameless and wasn't always upright. Because he said in his youth, he had iniquities. But he turned it around. I said that to say, some things we go through in our young stage, our dumb age. But when God have a plan for you, he still have that plan for you. You can try to run, you can try to hide, but when God has something for you to do, only you can do it. Psalms 25 and, and 7, this is David. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. So David has some useful folly. But he's sitting on the throne of David. Timothy, 1 Timothy 6 and 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. We look at 2 Timothy 2, 2 and 22. Flee also your leap your useful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Timothy had a job to do. And he couldn't look at the faces of the people even though he was a youth. He had a job to do. So when I look at the account of Job and David and Timothy, even Jeremiah when God formed us in, his, in our parents' womb, in our mother's womb, he already knew the end. He knew each step that we was going to take in the midst of everything that we were doing. But that didn't stop the plan of God for our lives, no matter what we did. So if your young person is not doing and act in the way that you're believing for them or that you done trained them, continue to pray. Because the plan of God will be fulfilled in their life. Because the word tells us to train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they get older, they will not depart. So that's why at the teenage age, we have to be there to lead and to guide them and to instruct them. Because they don't know which way to go. That is truly the parent-child relationship. 
I know with the boys, mother of four sons and raising them, sometimes you got to let them go and see how far they will go. And if they go too far, you, you got to pull them back and say no. Because these are the times where you can correct it and fix it. Because when they get out your house, it's too late. They doing them, and they doing what they want to do. But when you there and say, okay, yeah, you can take my car, but I expect you to be home at 12 o'clock. Not 12.01, not 12.02, not 12.03, 12 o'clock. So that means you really need to be home by 11.50, 11.55, because you, you don't know if you're going to make them lights or not. But then that first time they break that curfew, you say, okay. I said 12 o'clock, right? Do it again, I'm going to take the keys. So sometimes they do it again, and they got to see fat meat is really greasy, and you got to actually take the keys. Because they feel, okay, she ain't do it the first time, she ain't going to do it this time neither. Or I'm going to sneak in the house, hopefully she sleeps. No, I'm setting that alarm clock, so if I am asleep, I'm getting up to see if you in the house. Come on. And then, growing up, we didn't dare try to sneak out the house. We said, the Lord would tell mama that we out the house. I had some church buddies that could do whatever. I don't know what your mama got, <laughs> but the Lord going to tell my mama, I, I, I ain't going with y'all. See y'all see y'all later. <laughs> Just tell me how it is. Because... We knew the relationship that my mom had with God. See, where he'd just say, wake up and go upstairs. He'd say, go get your purse. And you got something in the purse you don't supposed to have. So it had been tried and true to where I was the last one. So, no, nah, that didn't work for that one. That ain't going to work for me. I tried my own new stuff, but the dumb stuff that they got whooping for us, oh, no, I ain't tried that because I already know the end result A whooping. <laughs> But she was there teaching us and showing us because the ultimate goal was to raise up a godly seed. That we could live the life that God had preordained for us to live. That's why it's vital that the parents be on the same page when you're raising up your young people. I used to play a trick. My daddy always said, go ask your mama. So I knew that. So I go to mama as if daddy said, okay. Mama, daddy said, okay. Can I go wherever I'm trying to go? Halftime is either over my godmother's house, over Stacy, Tracy house, somebody's house. Because daddy just left that up to mama. So then they got wise to my daddy said, okay, to where they had to come together. And they had to say, no. No, he didn't say okay. He told you to ask me, and either I'm saying no or yes. Okay. Why? Because kids go be kids. And if you let them run you, get around it, they're, they're going to do that. And that's why the parents have to be on the same page. And that's even if you're in two different households and not in the same household, be on the same page. Because at the end of the day, you are trying to raise up a godly seed. And we are not trying to make no place where the enemy can come in and mess up our generation. Because what our kids miss 
our grandkids could possibly miss it also. And we want them to be trained up in the way that they should go. So from generation to generation to generation, it can be done and that they can see Christ. And that when we're no longer on the scene, that we have given them a foundation and an anchor that they can run to. That's the ultimate goal. And parenthood is just showing them how to obey the parents. And in the same way, that's how they go obey God. That's how they go listen to God. Because you are their first example. You are their first model of this. That's why sometimes if the parents is not good, sometimes they view God the same way. If the parents wasn't dependable, they view God the same way because the first model wasn't dependable. The first model wasn't there. So that's why as having kids, you got to watch saying, okay, I'm going to do that. Because if you turn them down and don't come through enough, then they're going to feel when God make promise in the word, okay, he making promises, but my foundation in the history that I've seen is when people make promises, they don't come through. So then you got to, they got to wash their mind with God ain't my natural parent. But if you was a loving parent and a faithful parent, that's how they view God initially. Because based on what mama said, based on what dad said, that's how I view God. So we want to make sure our kids' view of God is right based on what they see us do. Let our yay be yay and our nay be nay. I just told them we'll see. Because they go nickel and dime me. They go hold me there to, if I said Friday at 2 o'clock, they go want it Friday at 1.35. And stuff happens. And sometimes you can't come through. And then at that point, too, we have to go back to our kids and let them know, hey, something came up. I can't do it. Because we are natural. We are human beings. And things come up, situations come up. So we need to explain that to our young people when things shift, things change. Because our view, we don't want to view God as not dependable. You can't trust them. You can't depend on them. We want them to know that they can go to God. And God is there. That's why when they wake up, when they're going in the streets and they in the cars, wherever they at, we're telling them the word of God so that they would know the word of God, that they can live by the word of God. That's our role as parents, to be able to help them and to instruct them to know what God is able to do. And then remind them of the milestones, how God done brought you as a family. So when they get in situations, they can pull on that same thing in situations, say, God, when I was in my youth, you brought us through the death of my father. So no matter what we face, it might be something that's hurtful, scary, unknown. But I got a track record of God bringing us through in the storm. God bringing us through. So I know whatever storm I face, I might not know the outcome, but I know God going to bring me through. Because of the track record and what he's done for us in the past. And that's because I, I was able to witness that. I was able to be in the midst of that. 
I know in my own personal life, when we needed transportation, he provided transportation. When we needed a house, he provided a house. So you got a track record of God coming through and making a way for you and your family. So when they get grown, they can call on that same God to come through for them and their family in their situation. That's our ideal, to raise them up in the way that they should go. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. When you even look in the Bible, a boy is a male under the age of 20. A man is a male age 20 and over. And same for the female. Because you're not that 18, 19. You go into the transition from child to adulthood. And that's, that's a big transition. Because sometimes if you don't watch it, that's where sometimes you want to be a child. It is sometimes you want to be an adult. Because adult things start coming to you and you, you go back and forth. And you got to really say, okay. Your number might say this, but your maturity might not be there. And that's where, as parents, we got to help them to mature and to be there, to, to, get, to get them there. Because that's how when you're a child, I can't wait till I get grown. I can't wait till I get grown, and I'm getting out your house, and I'm going to do me, and I'm going to do what I want to do. But when those adult situations come, then you want to go back to being a child because you ain't have to worry about that. You ain't have to worry about the light bill, the gas bill, the mortgage note. You have mama to worry about that. So in those days, you want to flip-flop. But, but you're there, and you got to put the childish things away, and you got to man up a woman up at the end of the day. Because you're facing stuff. You're dealing with stuff that your parents might know, might not know of, but this is going to show you what you have and don't have. This is the time where when you don't have it, regroup, go back to the foundation, get it and keep it moving. Because it's vital at this age. When I was looking, I have 26, 24, 23, 20. They're all at that transition. They're actually there. One is still transitioning. But the other ones, they, they're there. They're paying their own bill. They're doing their own thing. So there's a different type of relationship. It goes from parent to child to two adults. Because some of the things that these adults are dealing with and having to face in their generation it's stuff I didn't have to face and I didn't have to deal with. And at the ages that they are, they're in different parts of the United States. So I can't just put my hand on their nose when I want to get ready. So there, there's a difference. So in this, God has been showing me and dealing with me 
this is the age where you give your young adults room to make mistakes and learn how to fix them. Because they're not going to be perfect. They're, they're going to make mistakes. Everything is not going to be right. But I can't dictate what they do. I can't dictate what time they come in. Because I'm not there to see it. For one. But then when they start paying and doing their own thing, can I really tell them what to do and what not to do? I got to pray and hope they're doing what's right. But that's not my place anymore. Two, I got to spend more time listening than advising. Because sometimes you just want the person to hear you out. And then I learned you listen long enough, whatever the situation is, the circumstance, they'll tell you. And then you know exactly what to pray for at that time. James 1.19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. What are they saying? Let me hear what they're saying. Let me hear what they're going through. Three, be available, but don't hover. When they need me, I have to be there. But I still have to let them make their decision. Because I done trained them up in the way that they should go. And they're less dependent on me. I already taught them how to bathe themselves and, and cook. And now this is the real world. So I got to be available, but I can't just be in there every day, day to day. But as a parent, I need to be there for them and be available and let them learn their way while I'm still here that I can still coach and say, hey, yep, I did that. Go the go opposite way. Y'all seek, seek God in this. And see where their head is at in different, in different things. I had one call me and said, hey, I got a lot of things on me. Some relationships I'm in. I, I don't have time for that. What? You breaking up with somebody? <laughs> I'm trying to see what's next in my life. And my focus is what's next. If it's meant to be on down the line, great. If not, not. Okay. That same individual visit. Where the little earrings at? I'm in corporate America. I don't do that no more. Oh, okay. So some things you can just pray and you can see God work it out. And then other people in the background, won't you do this? Won't you do that? That ain't what God led me to do. Because they got to see it for themselves. They got to have their own relationship. And that person is, is, that son is doing his own thing. Hey, I'm going to be here six months, two years later. After six months, I'm going somewhere else. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want that pressure of a relationship. I was like, all right. <laughs> and as a parent, I, I was shocked. But to see the growth in that child is awesome. 
they doing what the scriptures say, first things first. He's preparing his house outside first. Then he's going to add what needs to be added on. And that's, that's a God given to see it's going to be time for that. Let me get my money, get myself together before I start adding on. Four, tell them that you love them and that you are proud of them. They need to hear that. We got a texting generation, so nope. Can I always just pick up the phone and have a conversation? No. But I'll text them, hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. You were on my mind. And then in doing that, they in turn do the same thing for me. Hey, mom, you were just on my mind. I was just thinking about you. Because it's a two-sided relationship. It's not just one-sided. I call them, they call me. You think about, because see, you don't know, you're thinking about somebody, they could be here today, gone today. And it don't matter what age that they are. But that's just how you do it, whoever that is. Five, choose the relationship over being right. Sometimes we want to say, yep, I'm right. I told you so. But at the end of the day, it's not about me being right. It's about my child seeing what they need to see in different situations and in different circumstances. Yeah, I might have been right. I wish I would have been wrong. I wish they would have did something different. But it's choosing a relationship. And then sometimes we are wrong, dead wrong. And we got to say, hey, I missed it on that. You chose what was best for you. Had two sons. One, he came where he was in between jobs. I was like, hey, you don't got to fight this fight. You don't got no kids. You don't have no wife. Come home, get your grad degree, and let's keep it moving. He said, no, I want to fight this fight. I want to stay here. So as parents, we, we did the, the necessities. Make sure you had a place to stay. Make sure you had transportation to go from and look for a job. Nope, he couldn't get cable. I wasn't paying cable. I'm going to make sure you have something to eat, but all this going out, doing whatever on my money, and you in between seasons right now, no, it's not going to happen. But he fought that fight and came out victorious. <laughs> but he had to see that for himself. But as a mother, I want to say, come on back home, boo. You don't got to deal with this right now. Why? Because I'm in it. I got to deal with it. it. It's not an option. I felt he had options, but he chose not to do that option. And it panned out to be the best thing for him. So when situations get tight, he don't run. Because he put a hole through this situation. And God brought him out, and he got an awesome job. Then I have another one that's just like, you sure you want to go that far? I'm used to you being a little closer to home. But he said, yeah. I said, okay. We went over it. Is this going to be enough to be able to provide for you to do this, do that? I got this. All right. Why? Because we want adults, but when they do adult situations, sometimes we want them to be kids. Not. God said, no, I, I got them. Because at the end of the day, it's the making of them. 
yeah, they know if stuff get tight, come back home. If if it come to that, but if I say I'm raising men, men gonna do men stuff. And it ain't gonna always agree with what mama feel and think needs to be done, but it's the best for them. Because no wife that go want them, go want them. Let me call my mama and see what she say first. I'll be like, go to your mama, boo. <laughs> and they pick decisions that would I have done different? It was me, yeah. But it was best for them. And God showed me, just like, uh-uh. Just like you just a steward over your money, you just a steward over these kids. I just chose to use you to birth those boys but they're my kids. He said, that's how it was with Mary. What's the difference with you? Nothing. Because before I formed them, I knew their end. I wrote every day that they're going to live in a book. It's already written down. You just a steward over them. So when I tell them to do something at the ages that they are, I don't have to come by your house and tell you because they grown. And they got to hear my voice and know what I am saying because they are young adults. And that's the ultimate goal, to let them, how they obeyed me as a mother, now they transition to obey God. They have their own relationship with God and what God is telling them to do because they need to hear from God to one day be the head of households. They're going to be fathers. They're going to be husbands they need to hear from God and they don't need to call me and say hey pray and whatever God tell you you call me back and tell me no it ain't no grandfather grandmother relationship you go to God for yourself it's your own relationship with him and then when they make a mistake okay let's pick up I give you I give you a day like I give myself you cry you moan and then tomorrow, you got to get up fighting. Because if you lay down there too long, you ain't going to get nothing done. You got to keep it moving. Had one son that was in an accident. And the next day, I said, okay, come take me to Target. Why? Because I didn't want him to get fearful because he had an accident. We got to keep it moving. Life going to continue to go on. Dry your tears and let's go. And the sooner you can adjust and the grip with that, when changes come, you can take them by the horn and you can keep it moving. And you won't get stuck. When you see old people stuck, there's a problem. Because life is based on the decisions that we made. And the life that you're living, if it's not the life that you want to live, you got to make different decisions. And you got to ask God to lead you step by step in the way that you should go. Because what works for somebody else might not work for you. And sometimes unless you know that person, really know that person, they might be leaving out some steps and they ain't telling you the steps that they made. <laughs> and you try to go from one step to another step, but they forgot to give you that middle step. You're going to fall. <laughs> so you need to know the steps that God is telling you to take as an individual. Because he said if we acknowledge him, he would direct our path. That's 
every path. That's in everything. But he's a gentleman. If you say, God, just help me with my kids, but don't worry about my job, he's going to help you with your kids, and he's going to leave your job, leave your job to you until you see that you need his help in your job, in your family, in your home, in your church, in everything. He can't just be in, in part of it. He got to be in all of it from start to finish. We got to seek his direction in every area of our lives. Six, we got to pray for them. We got to continue to pray for this generation. So certain things that we have been through, we can't see afar off where they can't see. But we're asking God to show them. We're asking that their ears be sensitive what God is saying and what God is doing in this time and in this season. Because we don't want them to miss it. We don't want them to get caught up in the, the trends and the things that's going on. We want them to be led by the Spirit of God. We want them to know the voice of God. We want them to get into their purpose and their destiny and why they were created. Because God have a plan for them that only that they can do. Because that's why they were created. Again, it's okay to offer advice if it's requested. But the adult child needs the freedom to make their decisions and, yes, make mistakes. Sometimes if I can see the pitfall, I'm trying to warn you that that's the pitfall there. But sometimes you don't want you don't want to take my advice. And some of those bought lessons are the best lessons. <laughs> People tell you don't get all those credit cards, don't get in all that debt. You, at half time you don't listen. Then when you get that credit card and get that debt and say, "Oh God, if you could just get me out of this, I'll never get back in it again." Why? Because that was a bought lesson. And when that interest start kicking you. And that bill ain't going down, that's a bought lesson. When they say good credit is like having a good name, because if not, you go pay higher interest, that was a bought lesson. You had to experience that. When your parents say everybody ain't your friend, growing up, you think everybody your friend, that's your girl, that's your ride or die. And life shows you that that's not your ride or die. Because situation and circumstances come. But we had to see that for ourselves. So in this transition, we want to point them towards Christ. We want to make sure they have Christ. But we got to make sure they have it prior to the transition. That's why when you start off in the womb, you praying for them and you believe in God, that they're going to be all that God has for them to be, and that God will show you how to lead this particular child and that next particular child, because God know the way that they should go. The predestined plan that he already had for them. And then when they're young children, they walking and talking and getting in stuff, you get to, when they start doing stuff that you tell them not to, do you spank them hands and say, no, don't do that. Don't touch that. That's not good for you. That hurt. Stop. Then when they get a little older, they get a little more leeway. At that point, they get sneaky. Oh, I know I'm supposed to do it. So you're looking around the corner, seeing who's coming. Then you say, oh, oh, that really was hot. So sometimes you're getting burnt because 
you know it's wrong, but you just had to see for yourself. I had one growing up, you could tell him whatever, but he had to see, okay, go, go, go right ahead. And after he got hit enough times and disciplined enough, then he had to stop. He, you had to really show him. And now that child is a totally one of the mildest kids I have. <laughs> Maybe enough discipline got him to that point. But he ha- sometimes you have to see. And then when you get to that teenage age, parents don't know nothing. Friends know everything. I can do it without you. And that's the age we really, we, that's the hovering age. Because <laughs> you got to see what they're doing. What, do they go to church? Who is their mama, their daddy? She wanted a list of the whole family. Like, we just going to the show, Ma. You just, you dropping us off. Why you got to know the whole family line? To see if you're going to be able to hang with this chick. <laughs> I got to know the whole family line. It's like, okay. And then you you get grown and you find yourself doing the same thing with your kids. (laughs) And then when you work in the public, you hear all these little horror stories. You be like, "Uh uh-uh, I need to keep my kid at home. (laughs) Because that's the time to pray. Because then you see why the parents were asking the questions that they were asking. Because sometimes you can trust the person, but you don't know who coming in and out of their house. You don't know when these kids are asleep, who, who tipping and walking and stuff like that. So that's why we want to know your mama, your daddy, your uncle, who else come by. So it's just like, no, nah, forget it. My house is to hang out. You can't go spend a night. <laughs> and when you have kids, sometimes you got to invite other kids to see, hey, nothing ain't going down on my watch. And I'm going to make sure everybody in their rightful place, wherever that rightful place is. If that means I got to sleep in between to make sure everybody in their rightful place. Because I want nothing going down on my watch. And even as siblings, I, I ain't play that. Uh-uh. You go in the bathroom, you close the door. <laughs> Nobody else. Why? Because you're training them. Not just when they're at your house, but when they go somewhere else. You're trying to protect them and don't want nothing to come against them and nobody to harm them, but you started at home. And when they transition to young adults, you pray that that foundation that you done laid, that they would just build upon that same foundation. Because our authority switch. From the position of just having authority over them to one of a a subtle influence that they would want to talk to us and say, hey, how how did you do this? How did you make it through? How did you make ends meet with one job? How how did you do what you do? And they'll be willing to come and ask you how things happen because when they're facing sometimes You just know bread was on the table, but you didn't know how bread got on the table. You didn't know what your parents had to do to to make it work. It was all of us. We we got our hair done to where the girls is faithful now. We're going to get our hair done. (laughs) But her and the beautician, she 
she did our hair, and when they needed pies and needed baked goods, mama cooked. So we're going back to those days where it's, we got to exchange gifts, <laughs> where we got to barter versus I'm spending money, you spending money. Okay, how can I help you out? Okay, I do that for you, you do that for me. No money exchange, just our gifts and our talents to where we don't have to exchange money, but we can help each other out. Why? Because we want to make it. We want our families to be the families that God has predestined. And when the world look upon us, they can see Christ. Not that we're going to be perfect, but we still show that image of, hey, when I fall down, I get back up, I keep it moving. When I've when I, when I done something wrong, I apologize, and I keep it moving. This is this not about being perfect. This is about making the adjustments as you go along to benefit your family, to benefit your life. And I believe when you know something, be willing to share. Be willing to help somebody else out. Because some of y'all done been through different things, and literally y'all are experts on this subject or certain subjects. Let your light shine. Show somebody else. Tell somebody else. Even if it's where you done missed the mark. At this age, I wasn't doing what I need to do for my kids. And then encourage them to do for their kids and for their grandkids. Because I just believe if you still got breath in your body, it's never too late to do nothing you want to do and to turn. If that's go back to school, if that's change the relationship with your grown kids, whatever it is, it's never too late. You can make it right. If it's not what you want it to be, yet still believe God, and God can turn it around in the midst of it all. He can turn the hearts of the children to the father and of the father to their children. Because situations and circumstances come up. That when y'all both sit down and have a one-on-one, it might be things that you was not aware of and didn't know. But it's that communication and talking, being able to help, so that some of those same generational things would not be repeated and that we can do different and go in a totally different direction. So that when we are no longer on the scene, that our, our kids and our kids' kids, our kids' kids can go on based on the legacy that we left behind. Grandkids have came, but everybody know about my dad. Because grandkids tell one grandkid, and then another grandkid tell another grandkid, and that legacy have went on. And that's how we want it to be when we're often seeing our legacy the things we talked about and the things we taught them is yet living on because the day alive is yet living. And it's going on from generation to generation. Mom always talked about how they, they fed the pastors and the ministers that would come in town. We did the same thing. We was always feeding the preacher. And not just the preacher, whoever else came to the house. <laughs> Our house was the house you, you come to eat on Sunday. And with us, five kids, mom and dad, that's seven, plus whoever else came over, it was always enough food. To where I'm really not a sweet 
eater that I just got to have something sweet. Because it was always a homemade cake, not no bar cake. Either you got a pound cake, a German chocolate cake, peach cobbler, banana pudding. All that stuff was like on the cabinet. That was like part of every day. To where uh, I don't, I don't got to have it. <laughs> but that just wasn't my thing. Then I got one sister. She ain't going to have a dinner without having some sweets at the end. It's just like, are you for real? <laughs> but she took that training, and that's just how she, she likes to govern her life. So we pick and choose what part of it we want, what part of it we don't want. But it's all based on our unique personalities and what I like and what I don't like. In our generation, y'all, we couldn't have the chips and the, the cookies in our lunch. We, If you had a sandwich, you were doing good. And then if it was tuna fish, it's just like, man, you open that locker, everybody knows you got tuna fish today. <laughs> but she was making sure we have a meal. We didn't have cereal for breakfast. We literally had breakfast. We literally had dinner. It wasn't you stopping by. McDonald's and Burger King. I didn't get that until I went to my godmother's house. I was like, oh, I can go to McDonald's. Because <laughs> she was in the shop and she wasn't cooking like that. <laughs> so it's just like, okay. So then our generation, we try to overcompensate. So they got a sandwich or a Lunchable. They got the chips. They got the juice. They got everything. And literally, you literally see it on them. Because the junk that they're eating and especially now in this generation, because they're taking gym, physical ed, and all that stuff out to where they're not as active and, and mobile as even my kids were. But we're trying to accommodate sometimes for what we felt we didn't have. But some of that we didn't have, we didn't actually need. Because it wasn't helping us and helping our, our bodies to be lean and mean. And it's causing diabetes, it's causing heart attacks, it's causing all this stuff in our kids and they're young. Because when they want something to eat, instead of cooking a meal meal, you'll run through the drive-thru of Burger King, McDonald's, but it's not helping this generation. That's why the obesity in this generation is like never before. And then we had to go outside and play. You didn't just sit up in the house all day, but you wanted to go outside and play. This tech, technical generation, they sit around with their iPads, their phones, and they don't know what an outdoor go run and play look like because that's not what they're doing. So as parents, we got to be that, that guide. We got to be that anchor. And, hey, if you missed it, Ask God how to lead Johnny. Ask God how to lead that child in the way that they should go. Based on the job that he has for your child to do. It's never too late. Start from wherever you are at. If that's grown, if that's still there a baby, start where you are at and then go forward. There's help. There, he have a family relationship ordained for us. That's not one of them that you can just say, no, nah, it ain't going to happen. No. That's one of them. You got to have an intervention and it all got to work good together. Because we have to know the will of God and what God has planned and what God wants for us. So 
some of these other relationships that we done spent four years, five years in that didn't go nowhere. That's when we should have been asking, is this the relationship for us? Because then we could have saved four or five years of our life. But some of these others is already predestined. It is the plan of God. Is this relationship for me? How do you want me to move? How do you want me to instruct this child? Because some things you put them in different places, being led by the Spirit, is because of the d- destiny that God has for them to do. Y'all, all the boys, they had to read, we had to pray, we in the car. But I had one that had to do a little more based on the destiny that God had for, for him to do in being a minister. They all know how to read. They all know how to pray. Yeah, they all had to learn the basics. But the one had to get a little more based on the job that God had predestined for them. And when I look at the different areas of their life, they all had different stuff and different things that they had to face and different challenges based on what God knew that they were going to be and the things that they were going to have to deal with. And you look back at that, you say, okay, that's why he did that. That's why he orchestrated that. Because it was the making of that individual child. And he had a plan for them. So in closing, don't give up. Pray. God will lead you. God will show you. God will instruct you in the way that you should go. Because you are valuable as a parent, as an auntie, as a mom, as a dad, whatever role you might play. I was reading something and they said, aunties, um, is an unprivileged position, especially if you're an aunt without kids. So they feel everybody should have a baby. But when you are an aunt and you are someone that don't have kids, you kind of value the kids and help that parent out more than you really know. I had a sister, when I was having kids, she didn't have kids. So she would do that extra spending time because she wanted that, that relationship. And they all have their own relationship with her based on her picking them up and spending time with them. And she just was mothering them until she was able to have her, her own. So we don't despise whatever part you play. It's a lot of kids out here that might have a mom, but the mom have so many or don't just have time. Take up that time and mother that child. And as you mother that child, you as you sow that seed, God go plant that seed back into you. And one day you'll be able to have your own. If you are a father and you, your kids are no longer around or not in your area right now, be a father to somebody else. Because that seed you sow is going to come back to you and going to help your generation. And in time, your seeds will come back. So whatever seeds you sow, you will reap back. Your life experiences, the things that you've been to, help another young person out. When they won't listen to their parents, you might be the one that they will listen to. We got to go back to the, the village in raising our kids. It's not just about me, but if my kids do something that's not right, Tell them, hey, you're going the wrong way. Instruct them that they can go in the right direction and be able to help them out. Because we want kids that's living this life, having no excuses, but living the dream that they dreamed of. 
We've seen a black president. There's no limits. We've seen doctors. There's no limits. You might not have seen it in your natural family, but if you desire that, God can make a way for you to be the first to go to college, to be the first to get their master's or their doctor's degree. Believe God. There's no limits. We serve a great God. He can do more than we can ever think or dream of. So if you can think it, you can dream it. He can do more than that. Believe him for whatever you are standing in need of. Leave a prayer request. If you want to sow, sow into destiny. I beg you to find a church home. Get hooked up. Yes, I would love to have you here. I would love for you to be here. But if we're too far, go to a church home. Get a covering. Be a part of the body of Christ. God got something in that body only you can bring to that body because of your fingerprint and your DNA. Go help the man and woman of God to do the work of the ministry. He got something special for you. He got a part that only you can play. And with you not there, something is missing. Bring your kids in a way that they should go. And when they get older, they will not depart. Listen to God. Let him lead and guide you. Tuesday night, 6.30. Sunday morning at 10.30. Men's Destiny, every second and fourth Saturday. Our men are coming together praying. And it has been a blessing in our household that men can talk to another man, another man and pray together and lead their families. Come be a part. God bless you. Have a blessed week and have a safe holiday.